0: To Bluebeard's Tech Talk. I'm Josh Bentley, and yes, I have a blue beard. I work for SAP, one of the world's largest business software companies, and I'm a developer advocate on our developer relations team. One of the goals of this podcast is to connect developers to code they may or may not have been aware of, and they can use it when they're developing their own applications. Another ambitious goal of this podcast is to entertain you. To do that, I'm going to try to have as many interviews as I can with subject matter experts. Okay, let's get started. Hey everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I wanted to give you a special disclaimer because this episode was recorded before the rebranding of the SAP Cloud Platform. So we refer to that name a lot, even though we're now referring to everything as the SAP Business Technology Platform. All the functions, services, all the different things in the SAP Cloud Platform world still exist and everything referenced in this podcast is still valid. We just don't reference the name business technology platform because at the time we recorded it we hadn't actually launched that naming yet so i hope you enjoy and here is my good friend phil cooley phil how you doing
1: yeah good man yeah just uh in a bit of a second lockdown at the moment in melbourne so um yeah but you know just for the for the good of the state and uh, for the good of everyone and of course just keeping local and uh you know wearing masks and you Know just dis- social distancing and um, yeah, but I'm um, uh, yeah, I'm lucky I'm in a nice part of the world, so I can't complain.
0: Think, same here, things are good. yeah, same here outside of Philadelphia. It's uh, life is not normal, but the kids are going back to school, uh, virtual for my son, and he's in the going into 11th grade. My daughter is a senior in college, and her university is letting her go onto campus. So, in today's current situation we don't need to get into the details of it too much, you know, for our friends listening to this podcast, but the net net yeah. is life is going on for us and we're very lucky, I think so.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I mean, for a short period of time, I think it's, um, just a little bit of a sacrifice in this lovely world we live in with yep. a lot of, um, you know, privilege that, um, most of us have, um, I think it's the least we can do
0: for sure. For sure, and I think it's a blip in the long scale of time when you think of how long
1: Absolutely.
0: how long things go on and how much we deal with stuff, and we're very young gentlemen ourselves, so I mean yes we,
1: very 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 young gentlemen
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my blue beard is covering no gray hair at all so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah anyway. man, it would take me years to to um grow any beard, I'm sure so yes, that's why I don't um even try
0: awesome, awesome played right <laughs> played right into it. So, for those listening and not viewing any pictures, Phil and I are very young. So, <laughs> Phil, tell tell my friends where you work and what you do for a daily living.
1: Oh uh, yes, yeah, so to, uh, I've just actually got a promotion, um, and I work for a company called Born Digital, which is um, an SAP partner, and we run the appas here in Melbourne. Uh, so, my role is Chief Technology Officer. Uh, so, basically, uh, responsible. For the, the the technical components, uh, and you know, responsible for the technical delivery and architecture around our solutions, and mainly you know, surrounded and and on SAP Cloud Platform, uh, and basically helping customers um, get the best, you know, and get the most out of their SAP Cloud Platform investments. Okay, and that's really what I'm passionate about. Um, I've You know as as others would know on my twitter feed and and what i post and so forth i love sap cloud platform and my daily role is basically to architect solutions in that space um which i've been doing for the last five years or so and uh really you know i wake up and really motivated on a daily basis to help customers you know get the best outcomes and user increasing their user experience you know, about um, applications right across their their whole sort of systems.
0: Okay, so how does somebody get the love of uh, SAP's cloud platform into their DNA? Like, it's one of those things that people don't know about it sometimes and don't know the power of it. And then once people discover it, the repeatability, the security, the ease of use for SAP customers is, it's hard sometimes to get them to sign off on it. And once they do, they realize that they pull the covers back on something that's, that's very um, much to their benefit to use. But how did how did you find it? And how did you get into your DNA that it was the right thing to make success?
1: So I think way back five, six years ago, with open SAP courses, um, I got straight in really, actually, probably 2013, somewhere around there, where the initial Fiori courses were, um, you know, were run. And yeah, I just instantly moved to it because I just thought, the the innovation and how quick you can, you know, spin things up and and have, you know, POCs running and build applications. I just naturally gravitated towards it because my background's in SAP ERP. Okay. Which usually companies, um, any sort of enhancements or projects we work on in that space usually takes a fair amount of time, right? Yeah. You know, you've got, you know, design specs and you've got configuration and you've got customizations and you've got ABAP programs and you usually, it's usually quite involved, right? So, which takes a large amount of time. What I loved about the platform is you could then keep that to the side, but if you needed companies always have really, um, things that just pop up in their business model that they need to deal with COVID being a perfect example. You know, how do they how, how do they stop receiving people at the docks for deliveries but then switch it to actually send out the stock? You know, stuff like yeah. that, they have to really pivot. Yep. And I think the old, like the SAP ERP, it's, you know, well known that it's hard to pivot. You know, you need to, um, you know, it takes a fair while to get all that in play. Whereas with SAP Cloud Platform, uh, I believe you know it's so quick to to get up and running. Like a workflow app we've created recently, literally you know a couple of days and you've got an onboarding app just running and doing workflows and sending emails. And I think you know the the beauty of that is how fast you can actually do things. And it's not a it's not you know sales material. It's it's yeah. you know you can get it's real. You can this get is- things up. Really a quick. simple
0: thing where people never really you know they don't take into account how much form based applications still exist. And then when you really tell yes. them and we do it with design thinking courses a lot, we go in with empathy and if you and of course the design thinking methodology you pick a persona, and go through the day and think about how many times that you're either writing stuff down or emailing, or you're opening up one system, opening up another system. And by the time you're done with it, if you could have had all of that in a single app in your hand or on your, you know, Fiori application console, boom, it's all in one spot, entering the data and talking to five systems without having to go five places. So.
1: Absolutely. And I think I was, because i'm in this space um on a day-to-day basis you know you just think everyone already knows about the platform yeah and i'm still i still find that some organizations don't know um so that's yeah that's what i'll be focused on in my role just trying to spread the message and get as many customers um you know on the platform as possible my my boss um jokes that I want to know every single customer, every SAP customer in Asia Pacific and and anywhere else. Nothing wrong uh, with that. Try and get them all onto cloud platform. So um, yeah, pretty, pretty big goal, but um, yeah, I I do love the platform, and yeah, want to you know show customers what you can do with it.
0: That's awesome. I mean that's near and dear to my heart because I've been pushing SAP Cloud Platform as part of the Center of Excellence before my current role as a developer advocate and even before that I was part of the solution engineering team and going out and educating customers in that time period that you mentioned 2013 I came from the mobile services team and I know you're one of our mobile gurus so we have yeah. mobile mobile maestro is one of the badges we gave you and you're a mobile champion yeah. Um, for that reason. And you're, you're an SAP champion, a mobile maestro, so many different things you've done in the SAP community that I've been doing from inside of SAP, but the partner network is how we amplify that. And the fact that you can go out to several customers and show them repeatable use cases, they don't know what they don't know. So. Absolutely. It's good. It's good. So I specifically want to ask you today, though, about something that's news to me because I'm not as I'm not as much of a data guy. I am definitely into APIs. I know you and I have talked about that before, but you wanted to talk a little bit about replicated data and APIs and some projects you're doing with that. And I personally would love to know more about what you mean when you say replicated data and, and why is that something that's powerful that we should know about?
1: Yeah, So over the past, probably couple of years, we, um, we've run a number of projects, um, that, you know, and they, they were different, but one of them in particular was around uh, a forecasting system with a lot of data. You know, we're talking 30 million sort of rows and combinations of, uh, of data sets, uh, you know, vendors, products, you know, articles all at the different sites. Uh, So, it basically meant sort of interacting with SAP ERP, it just couldn't be done. Just the data was so big uh, that we needed to pivot and sort of work through, you know, how can we utilise the HANA database for, you know, that data set. Um, So, yeah, when I talk about replicated data, it's getting all the data out of SAP into the HANA database so that, you know, the applications we're building can directly talk to the HANA database. And, you know, as most people would know, the HANA database is super fast and
0: mm-hmm. really
1: fast. And it's not a, you know, we found talking to ERP, you know, we had minutes, you know, apps yeah, that you know, would take minutes, realistically would take minutes to return data. And, um, when we you know if i could cut you off one of my favorite jokes
0: about this is i worked with a guy who ran the finance data for the sap it department when i was in the it department so that was before i moved to solution engineering i was in sap's it department and one of my friends bob jorgensen had under his desk the classic machine that was running his jobs for the night and he would take all this data and before hana he would actually have to kick off a job and go home and that was And he had the the sticker with the tape and the writing that said, do not turn off because that (laughs) machine was running the job. that he Dedicated
1: to background jobs.
0: Yes. Yes. So, and I personally didn't grow up in that world. I grew up as a mobile guy and a communications guy. And I come into SAP and I hear all this problem about batch jobs and how long it takes. And ERP, once you kick it off the screen, frozen, you can't go in and change it and and then yeah. people say yep. that the hours or days, and those are the worst cases, right? But the, yeah, what you're saying case. is reports that were taking hours and minutes are now doing in seconds.
1: Yeah, and I think the like, you know, everyone wants data quickly, right? If you're sitting on a browser page and you've got dot, dot, dots, and it's just sitting there, you've lost the user within, you know, 10 seconds if that's not coming back, so... Um, so the beauty of replicated data is to just make that super fast. So I think that's, um, that's what I think taking the data out of your ERP system. So you don't really need to go to that system, I think has a lot of benefits. One, you can use that data to then, you know, save other data sets, um, you know, take the vendor data, take the article data, take the site data. And then you can manipulate that and then post other data sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, and all sort of real time and all super fast. Um, for another customer too, we utilised some address data. So we've actually, um, and it basically developed an e-commerce solution uh, where we replicate the data from SAP to use uh, customer address information. Okay. Um, and it's for, yeah, it's for a company around ordering uh, screens fly screens for windows and doors. And we basically use customer data and the customer logs in and they actually see the makeup of their property and then can pick and choose what, you know, what screen types they want, but that data, was replicated from, you know, ERP to the HANA database and we interrogate that super fast and within five seconds, all their, you know, uh, windows and doors information show up. And and from a customer perspective, um, you know, it's beautiful. If we we had to go to the back end and interrogate that like a SAP ERP system. Yeah. It would take, you know, over 10 seconds, 20 seconds probably to, to look trawl through all the address data to then mm-hmm. find that particular one. And, um, yeah, and, and the, the beauty of it is that you know, nobody really knows.
0: <laughs> so the, how do you have a system of record though? Are they looking at replicated data that is not for the order entry and doesn't have the material codes or would they place an order from the replicated data? And then that gets sent back to the master data.
1: Yeah. We basically only use that for referencing the, the windows and doors essentially. And then we use that for them to place an order. And then that order, that singular order goes back to SAP ERP.
0: Okay. So they're so, not placing a data pull against your replicated data when they're actually ordering an ERP.
1: No, we use it specifically for, well, we record the order in, in that database, but we primarily use it for fast retrieval of their address and in their previous order information, Okay. You know, what windows and doors did that customer order. So nice. Yeah, it was a really good use case where we can personalize you know, that user experience is, is, is really personalized Okay. that customer, you know,
0: is um, born just, running that against a certain multi-cloud scenario with the SAP cloud platform in the middle, or are you running it against your own data center? How does that work?
1: No, it's based. Yeah. It's just run on SAP cloud platform, Neo environment. Okay. And um, we basically, so what we've done, which I think. I'm not sure if it's been done elsewhere. We've actually embedded the application in the website iframe. Okay. So when, yeah. And you don't know, it's you don't know that architecture, um, if you don't know it specifically. So if you go, to I don't, so
0: if you want to tell me more about what that is, that would love to. Yeah. So
1: it's, it's basically, even though the applications hosted on SAP cloud platform, um, we've worked with, um, a company to basically embed it into the, you know, the, the website. Okay. And it's perfectly embedded. You don't really know, um, that, that it's, you know, that part of that webpage is right. running off, you know, on so, the, so the, a the different way to phrase it, it would be, it's
0: almost like having a web portal service running on the webpage that is powered by the cloud platform and they don't even realize they're in the cloud platform while they're on that webpage
1: absolutely yeah okay. and we run it through a java instance as well java so we've got a java application that sits in between and okay yeah it's quite complex yeah not it's not only replicated data but it's also running apis so
0: okay that's a nice segue it's almost like you're a pro because i wanted to ask yeah. you about apis and <laughs> extensions and enhancing solutions so
1: funny you mentioned that
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is no, not No, we're talking at SAP right now a lot in our developer world about APIs and how everything is connected in microservices. And so I I wanted to get your opinion about that and how you extend and enhance solutions because it's not just a joke that it's a nice segue because everything is connected now to other services and other apps.
1: Absolutely. I think what what I find really funny is that um, APIs have been around for decades, right? and 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 really sap erp had bappies. i know they yeah. just business they're just business application programming interfaces yeah. so I, I laugh it's like api is suddenly in 2020 or you know a, a new concept which sap have had around for decades realistically yeah. they've been out there for a long time uh, but I think in the more modern solutions, definitely the ones we've you know been architecting and building, um, we find you know what, what the replicated data I was talking about before is you know and that you know what I was talking about is the customers enter their address information, okay. you know when they're entering that address information, what we do is we go and find that address. Now, if you think about it. Where do you go and find an address from that's valid? Well, you you get an API um, to run. So Mm -hmm. not only are we using sort of replicated data from, you know, the source system, and and we've powered that and replicated that to the HANA database, but what we're also doing is checking um, that addresses are valid. And if customers type in, you know, the wrong number or, you know, miss an S off the street name or something as customers do. Yeah. Um, What we do is we run the address, you know, we run an API called Address Finder where we go and check and bring them up a list of addresses if we don't, you know, if that specific one isn't found. So if they're a unit or if they're part of a, you know, a sort of wider group of uh, properties then we use that api and that that's one example part of the other solution we built in terms of the e-commerce applications was a basically a a spare parts solution just a basic catalog of spare parts where customers can order and in that we actually run the same api and allow them to type their address and as they type their address of course it goes through and pinpoints the actual address so
0: so it's auto completing against replicated data and using that as api
1: no in that case they type in their address and it and it just basically marries up against the api only okay yeah that that one's a different application but um part of the same group of e-commerce apps but um and, and i think what it does is it shows not only is it more professional but it's also reducing errors because you can't, you know, customers can't type in random addresses and then we post them, we post them the the box of of spare parts and, you know, it's some random address that doesn't even exist. Yep. Um, You know, which customers will then complain and so forth. Um, Not to mention the back office admin um, rework that you'd have to do in that case. And our other little APIs we ran also is on that box that we're sending, you know, what the postage is. So we run an post, a, a shipping API to calculate the right shipping cost that we okay. can then charge them. So uh, I find to, why I love the APIs is if they're such a small part of the solution but their impact is massive, mm-hmm. you know, um, they can... Like that address finder, it's a difference between a whole lot of rework, poor customer experience versus, uh, you know, address, hundred percent accurate, uh, no back office rework, great user experience and and just a basically solid outcome. So
0: then would you say it sounds like the customer experience improved? That's speaking for itself, which is great. But how about the developer experience?
1: developer experience i think was quite i mean the the beauty of apis is that non really non developers like myself can jump into a postman scenario and basically yeah. check apis which you know is is when when you've got api keys and so forth and especially for things like um and just pivoting slightly um And those that listen to this podcast will laugh, but one of my favorite services in cloud platform is business rules. Um, And just because you can segregate, you know, the business logic and decisions inside a totally decoupled service in in its own raw, which means you don't have to code it in the application. So for that service, I love you can go to API business hub and just type some stuff in and go bang and, and test that you get the right outcome. So I think that's the beauty of it as well, because I feel the developer experience is quite simple. It simplifies it because, um, you can have non-developers actually test the APIs and make sure you're getting the right data. Yep. And then essentially you can publish a document that says, okay, developer, here's the request here's what you'll get back and you know, use it in the application. So I feel I feel it actually simplifies the the, the developer experience somewhat. For, sure, for but, sure. Yeah.
0: No, I mean, that's uh, the user experience feedback and that's how you do iterative design and you, you can make your app effective is how fast can you get that feedback into the hands of the developer and correct user behavior you couldn't anticipate.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. You know, and the fact that you've got business rules separated from the actual core workflow, then you don't have to re-engineer your entire application. So yeah, but it's, Absolutely. We, we talk about personas sometimes, and this is the, the whole low code, no code mentality. It's how can I segment out the hard, heavy lifting of the application from the user front end experience before I even get to the UI, which is again, mobile phones have kind of pampered us with not only their speed, but it needs to look good on my device. And that's yeah. really re-engineered how all applications are being built. When you think back to yep. the SAP GUI and where we are now
1: absolutely i think i think the other thing um calling apis it sort of makes it a little bit more lightweight i found because you've got you know specific areas of the code where it's just call this use this call this use this so i think yeah, from um, not not that I'm you know profess to be a developer as such, but but <laughs> my view is um, you know these APIs have have a singular function to perform, which I quite like. You know, pass in this, you get this, and you get the same you know results. You know, yep, it's the same function. It's not one piece of code doing fifty functions. It's a really small sort of chunk and really valuable, quick uh, calls to, to get a whole lot of value. That's, that's what, um,
0: I'm a huge fan of that mentality and I love analogies as well. So anybody who talks to me always says, Oh, you explain that in a way I can understand. So this analogy may fall flat because I don't know the name of a home improvement store in Australia. So do you have a name of a store down there?
1: Yeah, probably Bunnings. But Bunnings I mean? is the big, yeah. Bunnings is the big sort of do it yourself. Yeah. Home improvement. So with our home,
0: home improvement store is where you would go to buy tools as well as all the raw materials that you're going to use for your project. And that's kind of how I envision SAP for a programmer is they have all the stuff they can do to build it, but they also can go down the tool aisle and they can say, well, I need a power drill or I need a drill. I need a saw. I need a hammer. I need all these different things. And some of them have batteries that can be reused. And I love that. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I consider the cloud platform to me. It's like, it's a single formation of a tool set that you can use to build while you're in that home improvement store, you can go get your lumber, you can get your steel, whatever you're going to actually build when you're done a house, a dog house, uh, anything, a ramp, whatever you're building. Yeah. But you're using the same set of tools that you know, and you can calibrate and you can take components from them and share them with other components.
1: So. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I think that the key message is for customers to try and yeah get in there and just see, you know, and, um, you know, be available for like listening to these stories, which I think there there are a fair amount now out there in terms of, you know, how customers can use cloud platform for the betterment of their, their business and and especially that the agile nature of the way business requirements change. I think it's a perfect platform to, to be able to do that.
0: Awesome. I would leave it there, but I wanted one more minute from you where you could talk about the yeah. app house a little bit. And I know you mentioned in the beginning, but tell people don't know what that is, what it is like yeah, so the experience of going apps, in it. Cause they can't go in it right now.
1: Yeah, no, and, um, we are running remote design thinking sessions, um, you know, to sort of counteract that, but, um, uh, it's basically a place and there's a, there's an app house network all around the world. Uh, with app houses um yeah and we're lucky enough to to run one in melbourne and what it what it is is it's basically a space where business and ourselves can come together and run design thinking workshops in a place that's conducive to making it happen you know they're out of their their place of business where you know you can get constantly interrupted yep and you know we've got whiteboards and we have all the material there and we, you know, it's all, and it's all around the classic design thinking process. Okay. Um, and we've got a big mural up on the, you know, uh, up, on, up on the wall to to sort of embed that and get the, the juices flowing around, you know, the major steps in that design thinking process. And, nice. and even what I said before about being back in 2013, I remember, you know, we had I had a little template with, you know, trying to get a persona and what their frustrations were, and what their, you know, what their pain points were, and and what, you know, they getting into the detail of what they did on a daily basis and capturing their, you know, their mindsets and. Yep. So, the the beauty of the app house is bringing all that together and and measuring that. And, and then coming up and, and and working collaboratively, I think that's okay. the key thing as well. It's not about you know us saying okay, this is the solution. It's about you know what you mentioned before, which I I love the word empathy.
0: Yeah, it's
1: about you know having empathy uh, for the users that come into the app house and and hearing their stories and and hearing they're at the coalface, right? They know better than anyone. Uh, what their daily, you know, job is like. Yep. Um to so hearing their, you know, the way they work and, and 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 hearing their passion as well for for wanting to improve that um is embraced. And and then the outcomes of that is a is a you know, whether you have storyboards and, and mocked up floor plans and we we try and get users to draw as well, have a bit yeah. of fun and, and draw. Um And and yeah, and then with the whole viewpoint of, you know, building an application to capture that whole experience, you know, and making their day and lives better, Nice. Um, which, yeah, I mean, that's the, there's a heap of other things with the app house, but I think that sort of hopefully encapsulates the,
0: yeah, for sure. And thank you for sharing that. And the fact that it's still running virtually is awesome. So that's great to hear
1: yeah no really good really good
0: cool well that's it I'm going to uh, wrap it up now any other thoughts uh, feel free to reach out to me and let me know what else we can share but I'm going to put your Twitter your LinkedIn your SAP community ID in the notes of the podcast anything else that comes up feel free to reach out
1: yeah no worries Josh and thanks for having me um, I know we met last year at TechEd so it's good to see your face again and uh, and have a good old chat with you so, thank same you.
0: here we're going to stay in touch my friend
1: Yeah, cool. Thanks, man.
0: Goodbye. What a great episode. I can't thank Phil enough. It was so much fun talking to him and learning through real world customer examples, how he's using the business technology platform to help customers and developers uh, connect their SAP data. I think, uh, If you take some open SAP courses like Phil did, and of course, do some of the community.sap.com tutorials, you also can learn about how to use these tools to help your customers and to get sharp with these development tools. So everybody stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time. Bluebeard's Tech Talk has been brought to you by your host, Bluebeard, also known as Josh Bentley. And while I work for SAP, these opinions are not an official SAP stance. They are my own opinions and my own conversations. Thanks. Hope to see you next time on Bluebeard's Tech
1: Talk.